and welcome to Minute 55 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me to finish off the week is Mark Hoffmeyer of Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, and movies, films, and flicks. Welcome back to the show, Mark. You know, I just want to tell everybody that I am the Larry Bird of ball handling. I just want everyone to know it. Okay, racquetball, racket, racquetball, racquetball, tennis ball. Good to know. Good to know. You, you and Neil get Steve along Martin's very well. That's <laughs> <laughs> so minute. What a crazy minute! What I have, I have never heard anything like this conversation. Uh, it is, it's the weirdest thing, and it's beautiful. But yeah, that's uh, that's just what I want to say. It's it's insane. <laughs> Completely insane, but it's great. You're right. Uh, so, so minute 55 begins with Neil and Dell continuing their friendly argument about uh, annoyances between the two of them and ends with Dell saying, how can you break? And then it gets cut off. So the, the conversation continues from yesterday with the two of them talking about their annoyances. Neil basically tells that, that says to Dell that he has very smelly feet. And has an odor and stuff like that. And and Dell is trying to be nice and doesn't really want to insult Neil. And then they start getting into then Dell says that, you know, I'm I'm more polite than you, so I'm not gonna actually tell tell you what, what bothers me about you. And Neil eggs him on and he finally just lets loose and says, So Neil says, Well, why don't you name one? He goes, Well, there's quite a few. Name one? Yeah. Okay, fine. You play with your balls a lot. And he goes, I do not play with my balls. And then Dell starts laughing and goes, Larry Bird doesn't do as much ball handling in one night as you do in an hour. And then uh, basically Neil says to him, are you trying to start a fight? And he goes, no, I'm simply stating a fact. That's all. You fidget with your nuts a lot. And he goes, mm-hmm. you know what would make me happy? And he goes, another couple of balls and an extra set of fingers. <laughs> He's definitely on his game here. There's no question about it. <laughs> he goes, "Oh yeah, it, this is this is quick." And he goes, "That's humor. That's real humor." And he goes, "What would make me happy is if you gave your mouth a rest. My pleasure. I'd like a little silence while I drive. Thank you very much. No problem. You're welcome." And I mean that that's the way this whole conversation goes. Now, the the funny thing is is that, I mean. I've seen this so many times and this is the first reference of Neil actually, you know, uh, how, how do you say this, uh, you know, restructuring his pants or whatever you want to call it. You know, you, you never see him play with himself. You, know, you never see him adjusting. He's not adjusting himself. How's that? So, you know, for, for Dell to bring this up, it's just really funny because it's it's not something it, it would be even funnier if throughout the movie you would see Neil adjusting himself and then he would make this this comment. But that doesn't happen. I mean, did you notice that? No, I never did. Because because it's not there. It doesn't happen. So he's he's no, you know, all all these times that, that he's adjusting himself, it, it's in scenes that that are not in the movie apparently that that Dell is watching. Now I I think I think John Hughes might have. A, a little bit of a obsession with with something with with the testicles because this is already the third or fourth time in this movie that the testicles have been 
mentioned. It just it just happens a little too much. This is a these five minutes are ball heavy. There's a lot of balls. But there's there's other places in the movie also. This isn't the only place. You know, we had weeks ago where Dell said, uh, you know, uh, five bucks in my left nut. We're not landing in Chicago. I mean, these these are things that have been mentioned throughout the entire movie. It's like, you know, it's it it's excessive. You know, you need to need John to Candy show a little bit of variety later too. Yes, <laughs> correct. Well, what's what's the variety? I don't know, but but they just constantly do this, you know. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, we I got we the... mentioned he, he mentions Larry Bird. So my first question is: is you know these are two guys from Chicago. Why are they mentioning Larry Bird? Why aren't they mentioning Michael Jordan? Why would Dell reference somebody in Boston? If they are both Chicagoans, and now you know Michael Michael Jordan was playing at that time, and he was already a superstar. Hey, let me look up Larry Bird career stats, and then you uh, you look up Michael. Right, well, Jordan I got, I got stats. a lot. No, I got a, I got a lot to say about Larry Bird. So oh, okay, because you know, oh, let's see. So he had. I mean, he has a ton of assists in in this game. Not many blocks. I don't know. And and Hughes is a Chicago guy too. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Why would he mention Larry Bird unless it's a dis- a way of disparaging him by saying, you know, that that you know, in any game Larry Bird hogs the ball? Would that be what he was trying to say here? Now, let me look oh, well, here's the thing. Larry Bird did have more assists than Michael Jordan. So, does that mean that Michael J- you know, like Larry Bird had the ball more and then passed it off for more assists, so he had his hands on the balls more. I don't know. I don't you know. know. I, I think, you know, people passed Jordan the ball, whereas Larry Bird was also a shooter, but he also distributed. But so did Jordan. Jordan had solid assists per game, but Bird definitely had more. So, <sighs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't make sense. But they yeah. don't want to slam Michael Jordan. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe again, maybe it's a disparagement by by saying that you're like Larry Bird. Yeah, that's true. Because you know that's what it could be. I guess it would so, make more sense if they were from California, though. Because you know, be, Magic and Bird's rivalry. Well, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. I, I have I have what to oh, say okay. about that. So first okay. of all, his nicknames. Larry Bird was born uh, December seventh, nineteen fifty six. And his he was nicknamed the Hick from French Lick because he was born in French Lick, Indiana, or he grew up in French Lick, Indiana. He was also known as Larry Legend. He was the sixth overall pick in the NBA draft in 1978 and decided that he would take a year off. And instead of start playing, starting to play for the Celtics, he wanted to finish one last season in college where he was on the Indiana Hoosiers and he made it to the national championship game matchup against Michigan state. And who was playing for Michigan state that, that year? Someone you just mentioned before. Magic Jordan? Johnson. No, Magic Johnson. Magic, my bad. And that Whoa. game is what started their career long rivalry between the two of them that they had for, for more than a decade. And then he dragged out signing with, with the Celtics and they didn't want to pay him any extra money, you know, this this rookie. And he ended up getting a very, very 
large salary. They settled on a $3.25 million contract for five years, which was the highest paid rookie in any sport in history at that time in 1978, because they, he threatened that he would go back into the draft and some other team would draft him first. So the Celtics, you know, gave in and oh. actually paid. They actually changed the rules of the draft because of this, that any one who who is part of the draft must be ready to sign. And they, the name of this new rule is the Bird Collegiate Rule, meaning that you can't go back to college after you you're, you are drafted and stuff like that. He was able in his first year, oh. yeah, in his first year on the Celtics, he was able to, to give the team 32 more wins than they did in the previous season. He only played for the Celtics throughout his entire 13-year season, uh, 13-year career, 13-year uh, basketball career. He made five NBA final appearances and three NBA championships. He was a 12-time NBA All-Star. He was twice the NBA Finals MVP. He was the MVP for three consecutive uh years in 1984, 85, and 86, and he's the only forward in basketball history to ever do that. He was also part of the uh, 1992 uh, Olympic basketball team that was known as the Dream Team. Okay, then he retired, and then he became the head coach of the Indiana Pacers for, for three years from 97 to 2000. He was then named NBA Coach of the Year. And when he finished that, he became an executive. And in 2012, he became, he was given the title of NBA executive of the year. He is the only person in NBA history to be rookie of the year, most valuable player, NBA finals MVP, all-star MVP, coach of the year, and executive of the year. I mean, that's just amazing. All of those things. Now, I, I found. And he's also in some of the greatest commercials yes, ever. The McDonald's. Right. And I found two really funny trivia aspects of it. The Twitter logo is actually named Larry in honor of Larry Bird. I did not know that, that the Twitter bird is named Larry. Oh, wow. And this is when this is great. In hmm. October 2005, a man was convicted. A man named Eric James Torpy was convicted of shooting with intent to kill and robbery and was given a 30-year imprisonment sentence and he asked the court to change it to 33 so that it would match bird's jersey number and the court agreed so this guy is spending another three years in jail because of the fact that he loves larry bird <laughs> so i found that pretty that's completely insane. there's no question about that so i i know we we got a bunch of stuff going on but i, I just want to tell you something i put together my road trip basketball squad that I would Ooh. like to play with. So I picked four people that would be on the starting lineup with me. So my first pick would be Trina Malone from uh, Tiffany Haddish from Bad Trip. She is hilarious in that movie. So I would take her as my first pick. Then for my second pick, I would take Melissa McCarthy's character from Identity Thief because she loves jet skis. She loves throat chops. I feel like she would be an absolute terror Oh, right. On the court. That's cool. Right? So I have Melissa McCarthy and Tiffany Hiddish. Then I'm going to take Kurt Russell from Breakdown. 
because he was really good at basketball and skate from L.A. So I would like to see him. I think he could probably be pretty good. So I'm going to take him. And then my fourth one, this is going to be really random, but my team is going to be insane. I want to take Sandra Bullock's character, uh, Mary Horowitz, from All About Steve. (laughs) So it would be Identity Thief, Bad Trip. It would be All About Steve. And then it would be Breakdown. And I would lose every game. But my games would be the most entertaining in the league by far. That's my starting yeah, lineup. That's great. <laughs> it's very cool. So basically this minute continues the road yeah, trip basketball team. Basketball team starring Mark Hoffmeyer. <laughs> starting TSA Mark. Basketball oh, Mark. Uh, uh, you get you get, <laughs> TSA Mark. you get two characters in here. <laughs> so then <laughs> we get uh, a, a few seconds where there is silence in the car and then you see Neil in the car saying, you know, lying basically uh, on his back and says, you broke the seat. You broke the goddamn seat. And he goes, I don't believe it. And he goes, well, it wasn't broken when I got out. <laughs> he goes, you messed around with it until you <laughs> broke it. And then he starts saying, how can you break? And that's how that, that this minute ends. So, yeah, they... Exactly. <laughs> so the script again, we have a few pages that were cut out of the script here, and they're 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 great. I mean it, it's it's great reading it. I'm glad that they cut it out, but it's still great reading it. So I'm gonna try and quickly go through it. So first of all, Neil looks at Dell while the two of them are, are driving through, and after he says that you play with your, your balls a lot, so Neil says, I've been wearing the same shorts for two days. They're stretched out. They're uncomfortable. You know, trying to give some sort of uh, explanation as to why, you know, he's he's adjusting himself all the time. But again, it doesn't really happen. Then they have this this whole scene with the with a computer voice in the car that keeps telling them that the um, the trunk is ajar because apparently in the script the the steamer trunk is in the trunk as opposed to being hooked on to the back, like we get to see throughout the movie. Mm. So they, they have a little argument about it, you know, that they can't figure out how to turn off this this uh, annoying sound that keeps telling them, the trunk lid is a drummer, please secure it before proceeding. You know, as they're driving down the highway, they go this. And that keeps going on. And then uh, Dell smacks the dashboard and then the, the radio goes on and they don't know how to turn the radio off because everything is, is electronic and, you know, <laughs> there are no, no dials. And things like that. It's, just, it's all like a computer pad and stuff like that. And then we, we see them, you know, continuing to complain about this. And then we see um, that now Neil is driving and Dell is fast asleep. And Neil tries to to annoy Dell by by trying to wake him up. He like turns the music really loud and starts screaming at Dell and and then, I mean, they have a, a great little quote here where it says, Neil reaches over and pokes Dell. He stirs, turns away, and closes his mouth. He stops snoring. Neil pulls the windows, puts the windows back up. He turns off the radio, nothing out of Dell. He reaches into his lap and adjusts his crotch. And then Dell goes, you just can't leave the walnuts alone, can you? <laughs> so it goes to show that, that Dell isn't always real sleeping as, <laughs> as you might think that he is. And then we, we have a scene with the two of them in a cafe where they're sitting and talking 
And Dell goes, well, if you want, I'll drive for a while. And Neil goes, that's generous of you, considering I've done most of the driving. And Dell goes, well, an hour behind the wheel with my back is like a lifetime for you. Neil goes, I can't believe it's Thanksgiving Eve and I'm not home with my family. Dell goes, me either. And Dell goes, what do you have, boys or girls? So then Dell says, two boys and a girl. So this is the only time that we actually hear that he has kids also, Dell. And, and Neil goes, well, I saw your wife. You got pictures of your kids. And he goes, yeah, I got them in the trunk. He goes, well, it's hard being away, isn't it? Absolute misery. I haven't seen you call your wife. Isn't she going to worry? And he goes, just because you didn't see me doesn't mean I didn't call her. And he goes, well, what's she have to say about all this? And he goes, well, she completely understands it all. And he goes, oh, you're a lucky man. My wife's ready to kill me. So Doug goes, that's a shame, a real true shame. And so then Neil responds, I don't know what I can do. How do you manage to keep your wife so understanding? So Doug goes, well, it's real simple. I love her from the sun up to sundown, and I make damn sure I don't have her sight until I'm convinced she knows it. Marriage can be a pretty flexible institution if the two parties involved know without a doubt that the love they give will never be less than the love they receive. It sounds like a load of cornball crap, but it works like magic. So Neil goes, sounds like you have something pretty special. He goes, we all have it at the start. Some people just lay it down when they're reaching for other things. And when they miss it and go back for it, sometimes they don't remember where they left it. And then Del goes, let's roll. So they get up from the table. And as they're getting ready to leave this cafe, a trucker comes in and goes, well, anybody heading north? Think twice. There's another big front moving in. They'll be playing ice, ice hockey on the interstate. And then the two of them get into a little bit of a, a dispute as to whether they should actually um, continue or not. Dell wants them to, to go, go to a motel. And Neil says, no, I think we can make it. We should do it. And then they get back into the car. And Dell goes, well, I really think that we're pressing our luck driving into the teeth of the storm. And Neil goes, at this point, Neil is, is lying in the seat and goes, you broke the seat. You broke the goddamn seat. I knew it. And goes, it was fine when I got out. And he goes, you messed around with it until you broke it. So, again, this is – it's great It's great Oof. listening to it. It wouldn't work in the movie because it doesn't flow. But it gives us so much more background into these characters. And it helps. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that Dell says he has kids. I mean, we don't know if he's telling the truth or not. It would sort of make sense that he is telling the truth. But they're, they're never brought up and never mentioned at any mm -hmm. point throughout the course of the rest of the movie besides what we have there. So, yeah, I, th I think it tells us a little bit about them, though. Oh, I like the mystery. I, I think the scenes are funny, but it's all good. Everything they cut out. I, I'm telling I got I love this. I, like I want if anybody wants to read a script and then watch a movie, I recommend this because it's good stuff. But it's nice. It shows you when you should cut. Yes. It's kind of cool. I love the I like fact it. that they actually filmed this all. You know, that that's what's really cool. That they filmed it and then yeah. they chose to cut it as opposed to cutting it before. And, you know, the idea that, that Hughes basically said, I want to film everything and I'll decide afterwards what I'm going to cut. So that – I mean, why yeah, not? Save you from reshoots. It's, it's, it's always easier to cut things as opposed to adding things. I guess that's what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. Especially shooting during the winter. Like you, you'll have to that's come true. back next winter. Like you'll have to learn reshoots. Like if you edit it and you're like, crap, we need to pick up in Detroit. Well, I don't, like you're not going to get that shot. I don't so know if they really filmed everything in, in the, the dead of winter. I, I'm trying to remember – I think I think a lot uh, of it was that they were they were chasing after well, the snow in a lot of places because it was towards the end of, of it. Got it. Oh, okay. All right. So well, they found they yes, found good they snow did. though. Yeah, they All did. right. Cool. They found good snow. All right. So every yeah. Friday we we have Sorry. a segment called Weekend Candy where my guests will give their top five John Candy performances. 
So what have, what have you got first? Oh, yeah. Okay, Stripes, number five, classic. Great Outdoors, number four. Not his best movie, but I love watching him eat steak and blow the hair yeah. off a of, <laughs> uh, bear's butt. Spaceballs, barf. Not in this car, <laughs> mister. This is a Mercedes. Two, Uncle Buck, and one, Cool Runnings. The ultimate, ultimate John Candy performance. That's my, very cool. That's my yeah. list. I love Cool Runnings. If you're not enough with it, you're not <laughs> enough without it. Oh, if you're not enough without it, you're not enough with it. I love that line. Cool Runnings is yeah. beautiful. Sanka, you dead? Yeah. All man. right. And love every it. day we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track, where either myself or my guests will give a short little story about some adventure or misadventure that we might have had along the way. So, Mark, you got one last one for us to, to hold everyone off over the weekend? Yeah. Oh, man. So uh, I, I took a kamikaze trip to, to uh, Beijing when I was living in Korea. And my main goal was you to, you took a to kamikaze the trip? Great Wall of China. Didn't you took a yeah, that wouldn't have come back. I took a rushed, I took a very rushed trip. I had a backpack, gross clothes. I took one CD and a CD player. I didn't know like quite exactly where I'd be staying. So it was a very haphazard. It was a very um, single man <laughs> trip uh, in his 20s, you know, like you're just take, going off. And I wanted to go see the Great Wall of China. It's on my bucket list. So I found a bus that took me there. I went up the Great Wall, but then I met up with some really cool people that were up there. They were from another uh, area in China, and they're like, hey, come down this section of the wall with us. So I went down that section of the wall. I guess we weren't supposed to, but it took me about a mile away from my bus. And I looked at my bus and was like, leaving in 10 minutes. So I just sprinted. I remember I sprinted like a mile, and I got back pretty quick. I got it like six, seven minutes, but I made it with like three minutes back. But that bus left me. I have no clue how I would have gotten back. I would have been stranded in the middle of nowhere. You have no idea of panic that hit me sprinting back to my bus to make sure it didn't leave. But it's a good story. And I met some cool people. You, you, you seem to, to have all these China. stories but where you're sprinting sprint. across uh, Asia. <laughs> <laughs> I played soccer too in Korea. So that's a lot of sprinting. But uh, yeah, that was, um, that was a gnarly, that was a gnarly run. That was crazy. And then I, yeah, that was a, and I was walking around Beijing, and it was all the empty storefronts from the Olympics, and I saw a guy get the living daylights beat out of him by a mob. You don't want cool. to help him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get beat up, too. I really had that away. <laughs> no. Well, I didn't know him. He could have done oh, something okay. bad. There were, were cops, right? So it was okay. <laughs> no, a cop got punched. Oh, okay. Could be. Right in the schnoz, and he was covering his nose. Uh, at least it wasn't in the schnoz. There you go. <laughs> 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 Uh, well, yeah, I had a lot of fun too. I, I, I'm, I'm glad that, that, that I was able to find I think you. The audiences will go nuts over it. What do you think? The audience are going to go nuts over this? That's true. <laughs> I, I said, yeah. <laughs> hey, why not? <laughs> They'll go nuts and schnuts over it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, Mark, thank you very that's much right. for, for taking the time to, to be with us this week. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Yes, it's great. Everyone, have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday. But until then, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs>